The title tonight, When Heaven Comes to My Rescue. When Heaven Comes to My Rescue. Why is that? The more you remove God from society, the more hell you're going to see breaking loose. And so I don't, I'm, I don't like it, but I'm not surprised. Because when you took God out of the schools in the 70s, and when you begin to abort children, and when you begin to mock God's creation and, and, and mutilation of the body, it, 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 the depravity has no bounds. And that's what we're seeing. That's what we're fighting against. That's why we're meeting like we are. And we're back in Psalms. Praise God. Every Wednesday night, we're going to be in the book of Psalms. Uh, we picked up, we left off at, at Psalm 34. We're going to put that up on the screen. This is a miraculous div- deliverance for David. David was delivered. It's where he acted like he was um, uh, crazy. And the king let him go. He could have just killed him right then. But he acted like he was crazy. God let him go. And some Bibles title it, When Heaven Comes to My Rescue or David's Rescue. Uh, but I want to just read the, the text. I didn't put chapter and verses. Uh, I put chapter, but not the verses because it was just written like it was written. It, it, and it really can speak to us profoundly. I will bless the Lord all the time. His praise will, will, shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and be glad. Oh, this, I love when they put O oh in there. Oh, would you rend the heavens? Oh, God, would you move? Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together like we did tonight in worship. I will, he says here, as for me and my house, I will do this. And you need to take a stand, especially in this culture, young adults as well. I will, regardless of what TikTok is doing or Instagram is doing or or my friends are doing, I will take a stand for God. As for me and my house, like Joshua said, we will trust the Lord. And then he says, I will bless, and that is to speak well of the Lord, to be thankful. Anybody need help with being thankful? Do you know, I, you know, and I don't want to, I want to be careful here, but when we're always grumbling and complaining, I mean, we're quenching and grieving the Spirit. We're supposed to be thankful. Not happy with what's going on, but thankful. Thankful with, with, with what God is doing. And um, I, I just can get convicted because I should be thankful for where He's put me or what He's given us or how He's blessed us instead of grumbling and complaining all the time. And David said, all the times. It's a continual, it's not all the time because you have to work and do things, but there, there's a continual uh, exalting of the Lord. When you wake up in the morning, what should your first thought be? What's on the news? The Lord. Throughout the day, the Lord is good. The Lord is, is my banner. The Lord is my strength all the time. And it's funny, he said something here, boasting. My, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. And you know what? It's okay to boast in what the Lord is doing. Sometimes I get kind of, you know, I, I've, 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 I've been, um, wounded by people and, uh, they, they think they know your heart. You ever run those people? They're, you know, they're heart inspectors and they think they know your heart. And, but I'll put on there and I'll say, you know, just incredible things that God is doing here and look at this or baptisms or this or, and they'll say, you know, um, Gosh, that's kind of arrogant. I'm like, oh, well, maybe, yeah, maybe I should stop. But then, if you're bo- look, I'm not boasting. If without God, we can ha- we can do nothing. Look at what the Lord is doing. Look at what the Lord is raising up. Look at what the Lord is drawing and healing. We should boast in what God did to Susan. I mean, there's a there's an a boasting about what God has done. 
And here's the key. The, here's the key. The humble will hear of your boasting and they will be glad. See, prideful people get jealous. Oh, we see this all the time in the church. How many pastors can truly rejoice in the success of another church? I try to all the time. I'm glad I've told you about New Life and Peter, you know, in West Palmdale, a friend of mine, and, and I've appointed people to Calvary Chapel and Lancaster Baptist and, and Hope Chapel and Grace Chapel. I've told if you're close by, we just had a family who lives right there and they can't afford the gas. Hey, it's a good just go and, and excited that the Lord's why there's it's not competition, it's complementarianism. It's complementing each other. And we boast. We're excited. I'm not embarrassed. Here's why. I'm so confident that God is moving here. I don't need to worry about other places. God will do what He wants to do. And we also need to stop measuring success by numbers. I don't know if I shared this, and, and I, I mentioned to Susie too, um, I, you don't have to send me the attendance and things. I don't care. I'm, you know, I'm, because sometimes we, it's good. I guess the, the elders need to know, hey, we're, you know, Here's what's going on. But overall, we don't gauge and, and judge things on that. We judge it on faithfulness to God. And there, there's an excitement. I get excited. I get excited when people are coming to the Lord and, they're, and they're, they're on fire for God. But however, not many people do. Have you noticed that? For example, I know there's a lot of pastors who don't like me. That guy's too loud. He's having a, he's making us look bad. He's having church every night. They stayed open during COVID. How, how could they? But it, that's, I'm just speaking the truth in love. And same though with you. You might not be a pastor, but you're a person, a Christian, and excited. And here's what happens though. When people catch the fire of God, those who are lukewarm are often jealous. And I think God does it to make them jealous. We read in the Bible that Israel is going to become jealous because they rejected their Messiah and the Gentiles embraced the Messiah. Israel is going to burn with jealousy. And I, that was the biggest lesson. I, we, we, me and my wife still talk about it. We lost friends 20 years ago. You know, because when you're all hanging out, you're coming to the Lord. Now, hey, I don't want to drink anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to, and I, I just want to go to church. I just want to, oh, super Christian. Prayed for two hours and just said, "What's wrong?" See, they don't. The fire confront. The fire convicts. The fire. I mean, I'm I'm already excited for tomorrow's message. I think because I came up with the title. <laughs> Abram said, "I'm going to share my testimony," and I said, "No, we need something that pops. Like, how about a fundamentalist receives the fire?" So we're going to go with that. And you're going to hear about his journey on, you know, because you can have doctrine. I went through that season. Like, you're straight as a gun barrel, man. You're just telling people off. you got it down. You can quote Scripture. But you're dead inside. You don't have the fire of God. And looking back, I'm like, I don't know if I led anybody to the Lord in those couple years. Maybe here and there, because God's Word is powerful. But that, that was missing out of my life boasting, and then magnifying. There's nothing wrong with corporate worship and prayer. I think there's something special about that. And that's one of the th complaints we get for morning worship when I push morning worship. And like, you guys got to be here. I can do the same thing at home. Mm, yeah. I mean, what, what's that attitude? You got an attitude there. You know what that tells me? I don't want to come. Here's my excuse. That's what that is. I'm not stupid. 
And there's some, isn't there something about corporately coming together and praying together and worshiping together? And I love at the altar, man, I just, when guys are coming up and they're laying hands on people and, and they're praying for people and, and it begins to corporately and the praises go, I, the angels sang corporately. It's a very special thing. Magnify, he's telling the people, magnify the Lord with me and exalt his name together. Where there are two or three or more gathered in my pre- in my presence, there I am in the midst of them. There's something special that takes place in corporate worship. I can tell you in my own life, I've had some pretty powerful times of worship at home. But I don't think anything's compared to certain moments when the whole body's together. Um, I mean, for example, tonight with blessing and the worship team up here, that's called camping out, by the way. There's, you're not being brainwashed. It's okay to do a song long, longer than five minutes, okay? It, because there's that waiting and there's that seeking God. And then he goes on to say the next part here of the Scripture, I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord and He heard me and He delivered me from all my fears. Young adults, teens, you need to hear this as well. Seeking the Lord isn't like pushing 60 seconds on a microwave and dinner's ready. This, I sought the Lord. There's a process there. There's a fighting. There's a travail. There's a coming to church when you don't feel like it. There's a getting back up and fighting again and getting rid of bitterness and resentment and repenting and getting your heart clean and saying, I'm contending for my faith as long as it takes me and I'm going to seek the Lord and He will hear me. He will deliver me from all my fears. Notice you don't, you never fear again. I don't think Scripture teaches that. Because fear is of the enemy. Fear is of our fleshly nature. When fears come in, we can just take those thoughts captive, begin to seek the Lord. Fear is part of our fallen nature. Actually, courage, Joshua, be strong and courageous courage and people say you know you guys are courageous here at west side yeah but doesn't mean we're not fearful sometimes courage is the right action even in the midst of fear cowardly is running because of the fear see the person feels the same fear i'm either running for the door i'm out of here or i'm coming in i'm 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 running to the problem and to fix it courageous being courageous in the midst of, of difficulties. And He delivered them from all their fears. See, there's not, there's not a fear that God can't handle. Now, it doesn't mean that instantly... And this is one thing I don't quite understand about whether it's deliverance or anything else. Sometimes God just delivers. Man, I run to people, brother, I haven't wanted a drink in 30 years. You talk to the other guy, man, I'm just, man, every week... The enemy brings back those good old days. That ice-cold IPA passes me at Yard House, and boy, I just want to grab it. Let's just be real. Some people are delivered. Some are struggling. I just told someone that this week. You know, we have people that struggle with same-sex attraction that come here. People that I know. And we tell them, hey, sometimes God doesn't just set a person free. We pray for that. And there are some, some things that I think can add to it. But sometimes there's a, there's a struggle there. And that's why I think people don't realize just because you're struggling doesn't mean you're not saved. If that's the case, nobody in this room is saved. Because you're struggling. Don't get all high and mighty to me. I'll read your mail in just a minute with the power of the Holy Spirit. You're, 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 you know, you're, that there's pride or there's arrogance and there, there's some, there's a struggle, uh, struggling with anger. You're really good at slamming that door or yelling. 
And I've noticed the most legalistic people are often the most angry. They, they, they throw the Bible at their kids or their spouse with their words. They struggle with that. Someone else struggles with suicide. Where am I getting these thoughts? Why is this? Why do I want to take my life? Somebody else struggles with depression. Why am I? I'm so down all the time. And, and I believe though that God can deliver them of all their fears. Because the more you seek Him, the more you find Him. The more you find Him, the more you seek Him. And when you say, God, come to my rescue. When heaven comes to your rescue, there is no enemy, no devil in hell that can stop what God has done in your heart. When heaven comes to your rescue, and sometimes it is a process, it's fighting, and that's why we have church every night for for many of you, to come and fight this battle. They looked to Him and they were radiant as a result of looking to God and getting their attitude in check. They were radiant. They glowed. Not, you know, physically, of course, but there was, you run into people where they're just full of the Spirit. And then you run to other Christians like, man, did you just drink some lemon juice? <laughs> Correct? I, I can tell when they come in the church. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Brother, you need the joy of the Lord this morning. They're, they're, they're radiant about that. And some, I could go name names right now. Some of you are so radiant. And I could name names the opposite way, but I won't, you know. And I won't do, I know it's hard sometimes. Some of us just have a demeanor. I remember, I'll never forget, Ron Emard one day, he, he, you know, Ron, he texted me and he goes, Hey, I passed you up in your truck. Why don't you smile more often? And wouldn't you know it, I try to smile more often. <laughs> if you know Ron, isn't that him? He won't, he'll tell you. They looked to him and they were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. Oh, can we get where we're not ashamed of God? Young adults, you'll never, never go wrong not being ashamed of God. Worrying about the opinions of people and what people will think. I, I praise God. I mean, I still struggle from time to time, but He broke me of that many years ago. And that's one reason why I opened the altar and why I challenged men to come forward. Because that was my, you know, I'm in the back row. I don't know about you charismatic Fruit Loops raising your hands and stuff and getting all crazy about worship. And, you know, man, I go, I go build up my, four, my 350 motor and Chevy Dodge and, and get crazy, but that, that's okay. That's manly emotions, right? You see, you're, we're all emotional. It just depends what, what direction you point that emotion. And he says, this poor man cried out. Now, possibly financial poverty at this point. He wasn't, he was still, you know, not yet king necessarily. And, but we know that poor of heart, this poor man cried out in his poverty and the Lord heard him and the Lord saved him out of all of his troubles. And I love this part of it. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear Him and He delivers them. Wow. And the Bible always challenges me because I like, I, you know, I would probably lean towards being a conservative. I like God just kind of where I can understand Him. You know, angels and, and you know, wow. Deliverance, demons, really? Can we just go clean and nice and easy? But the Bible talks about angels. That's where the, if you hear the word guardian angel, you know, we, I'd have to do a whole study in angels, but there's something about, and, and the angelic beings are there 
to encamp around his people, to guard his people. And Daniel was even fasting and praying for 21 days. And one of the angels was held up for three weeks in spiritual warfare. He said, the prince of Persia withheld me. And talks about Gabriel who came. And it's just amazing. The Bible talks about it. So although I don't, it's outside of my comfort zone, it's time to get inside, inside the Bible comfort zone and stop, you know, living or living in a, in a, putting God in a box in these areas. Now, I do know people that have got carried away with angels. You know, they're talking to angels and there's a big angel back there. And, but some people do see, I mean, they can, if God can open their eyes into the spirit realm, you know, some, they're like, they'll see certain things. And we see that with, uh, one of the prophets would say, open his eyes. I think it was Gail's yelling the Elijah. He said, open his eyes that he can see. We're not, we're not going to be defeated by this army. And God opened his eyes spiritually. And he saw the angel armies of God surrounding the other armies on top of the mountains. And, and that's why the psalmist could echo, where does my help come from? My help comes from the hills. My help comes from above and God brings down these angelic beings. Jesus said, if my kingdom was of this world, my disciples would have fought. He also said, my father could have sent a legion of angels and wiped out the entire Roman army. There's something about that. So my, my, my thought is, and what I tell people, don't get caught up in it. You know, just to where it's just like the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You get caught up in the gifts and forget the gift giver. You can get a little weird. You can get out there. Remember the gift giver and let the gifts come. When it comes to angels, yes, there's true. Yes, you know, pr- pray that God would protect you. Understand that these things are real. Demonic opposition, but be, but be stay, grounded in God's word. Usually, when people get off on these things, it's because they get out of the word. That that's the gauge. That's a plumb line. This is where it keeps me safe. I'm going to build my house with a blueprint instead of start making up our own stuff. And not really ground in scripture, and then we get over here a little bit too much, and a little bit over here too much, and then we got to get back to the, the scripture keeps us balanced in this area. He said, I sought, and which I already talked about, it's it's seeking the Lord even through trials. I, I mean, I would even argue that that I sought the Lord, that is often coming through or be, as a result of challenges. Many of these people, when they seek the Lord, it's often they're battling, it's things are difficult. You don't hear, I sought the Lord too often when things are going great. It's usually through those challenging times. And the right heart prepares us to seek God. And then he goes on to say, I love this one. See, all these O's. Oh, magnify the Lord. Now he says, oh, taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. I love this. I want to tell people, just oh, just taste and see. Taste and see that God is good. He will never let you down. But you got to taste. you got to drink it and let it internalize your soul and let your soul come alive. You can't say, well, I don't know. I'll just try it for a minute, see if it works for me. No, this is full consumption. This is tasting without any conditions, not having bitterness towards God and just taking it all in. I do this often, and I will continue to do it often. I'll get a blender and I put spirulina and ginger and spinach and kale and I'll tell my wife, drink this, try it. It's good. It's good. <laughs> no, they're just, mm, it's tight. There's no, nothing's going in there. And I'll try a trick or just on a spoon. Just come on. Taste and see. It's good. 
But what she doesn't know is I put a lot of orange juice in there. Taste and see. Taste and see it's good. And that's where the enemy has fooled a lot of our, our, our young adults. They, 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 they don't taste. That's not good. That's not going to taste good. He's saying your taste challenge. Taste and see. But it's got to be full, full abandonment. You don't come and try it. Well, God, I'll try you out on your terms. I'll try it out for a week or two. I'll see if this works. No, that's arrogance. And it's a stench in the nostrils of God. Taste and see is like, I'll take it in, Lord, whatever you want me to do. I have never seen the Lord fail me. Anytime I, I taste and see, the Lord is always good. But anytime I come with the wrong heart, the wrong attitude, I don't receive of that. Blessed is that man who trusts in Him. Oh, here's that oh again. Oh, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord, you saints. Oh man, if I could just get the pulpits of America for one week to preach that. Fear the Lord again, you saints. Fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of understanding. You walk in the fear of the Lord. Kids, remember when we used to have the Ten Commandments in our schools? The Ten Commandments in our courthouses? Did you know that? God's Word, they, there was a fear. And I think, I'd love to write an article on this, but mass shootings and all this, what's going on? You've left the fear of the Lord. Although you can't force people to fear God, if it's, if it's in the land, what would you, when you grew up, was there school, school shootings 30 years ago? What is the rise of all this? What, what, what is going on? There's no fear of the Lord in that place. The fear of the Lord. But it's also a reminder to the saints, fear the Lord. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I can forget that. You know, you do get caught up in, in singing God's grace and He loves me and thank you, Lord. And, but for, remember to fear Him. That's why you, you, you don't work for your salvation, but you work out your salvation in fear and trembling before the Lord. You're saved, but you work it out. You, you walk in such a way that you fear and respect God. I've told you guys this many times before, but some, many of you are new now. Over in that parking, that parking ride by the, the Palmdale, um, scary times I always remember, right by the Palmdale Lake out there, um, we were drilling big holes for the, for the light stands back before that parking lot was there. And a guy from the gas company would always have to be with us. So why does he always have to be with us, Dad? Well, because there's a 36-inch gas main that goes from here to Texas. Oh, yeah, and if we hit that, uh, we're going to meet our maker. You think there was a little respect? I remember I hopped downward like three feet deep, and I hopped down, and I got a digging bar, and I would just probe and make sure because you can't penetrate. It's pretty, it's pretty heavy duty steel. But you could, you know, you'd, you'd feel a little bit. Okay, I think we're good for a couple feet. Let's go down a little bit more. Hop back in. I think I don't feel anything. I think we're good. And you go on the side. You got to make sure there's a there's a fear. There's respect. Same thing with digging uh, digging next to twenty thousand, twelve thousand volt electrical lines. Or you've seen videos where you'll hit a gas main and it'll blow up the back end of the backhoe. And, and they're, they're, why is there a fear in those things? But no fear of God. There's no want to those who fear Him. In other words, you'll never be in want. Now you might not have your 
wants fulfilled, but you'll have your needs fulfilled. Big difference, amen? Oh boy, do we want. The Lord is not fulfilling His... Pro- Look what He says here. No, you're, He never said He fulfill your desires of your heart. Unless He gives you those desires, of course. Godly desires. The young lions, even, and this is what He's contrasting here, I believe, is young, vibrant lions. They can fight. They can find their prey. Even they will lack and they will suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. And then he goes on to say, come you children. It's, a, it's an invitation. Come you children. And, and it doesn't have to be little tiny ones. It could be the, the youth that are here to us to, to, tonight. Do you know that God always invites? God won't force you. He won't push you down like a, and control you like a puppet. There's always an invitation. Come, even the little ones. Come and listen to me and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Fear the Lord and you will walk in the right path. Fear the Lord and you will not fear man. That's one thing I can tell you is God is my witness when you fear God you will not fear any man what can man do to me but God allow it and when you walk in the fear of the Lord there's a strength there's a boldness that goes with you who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good keep your tongue from evil double-tongued slanders, gossipers. This, you know what? I think sometimes we forget how important this topic is to God. Slander, gossip, especially in the body of Christ. When God says there are seven things I hate, you better you better memorize them. I hate hands that shed innocent blood. I hate feet that are swift to running to evil. I hate a lying tongue. And he goes on, I hate one who sows discord among the brethren. Let that be a warning to this church as well. Be careful who you put down. Be careful who you don't build up in esteem. And I get tired of saying it, but I tell our staff and volunteers, you guys, we gotta, we gotta err on the side of grace until we're proven otherwise. Because we can get on the gossip train, it's hard to get off. Slander, talking. If you think about, it, shouldn't we be talking highly of, of fellow believers and building them up? And and there, there's a there's a there's a, a camaraderie. There's a joy. If not, you're quenching and grieving the spirit. Now, as you know, Lee Pastor, as some would say, you know, hiring boss and things like that. You know, you gotta you gotta call out people too from time to time. You know, but your heart should err on the side of encouraging, err on the side of, of building up. And I've learned over the years, sometimes people come to you to get information. So, what about, hmm? You zip it. Or I'll say, why don't you go talk to them? Actually, let's go find them and you guys can, oh, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Try that sometime. Try that. You know, I've done that to some of you. Hey, hey, some, such and such. Okay, he, I think he's over there. Let's go find... Oh, no, 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 Pastor. No, no, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you for your knowledge. Now, but sometimes that's good. Sometimes we need to know. 
You know, so it's, see, it's discernment. It's the heart. It's the attitude behind what, what we do, what, why we do what we do. Depart from evil. Do good and seek peace and pursue it. See, here's the thing. Discord will come, but we should be people who seek peace and we pursue it. And once you begin to put all the pieces of the puzzle together, as you're walking in the fear of the Lord, as you're, as you're keeping your tongue from evil, as you're pursuing peace, then heaven comes to my rescue. Have you ever noticed that? When you're doing what God tells you to do, heaven will come to your rescue god will uphold you god will give grace to the the humble but he will resist the proud this is how you get heaven to come to your rescue folks fear god and walk in that fear love others and walk in that that gentleness and be able to seek peace and pursue it and if if there is something against you and someone else i would encourage you go to them i do this like weekly it seems like hey is there anything that where i've offended you is there anything going i can tell there's some discord how can we fix this and often you, things get resolved and and you feel you feel so great again the the power of the holy spirit is upon you in short guard your mouth and watch your feet isn't that isn't that good just just get some duct tape and watch where you're going Walk in obedience. Isaiah 66.2 But this is the one who I will look. And you can see the brackets. That means brackets are mine. Obviously not in the Scripture. It's okay to do that as long as you note it. But this is the one whom I will look. Which means I will give them favor. I will hear them. I will bless them. I will guard them. I will lead them. Here's the one. He who is humble and contrite in spirit. And he who trembles at my word. There's a lot of, see, anytime I've noticed over the years, whether it's fasting or the gifts of the Spirit or whatever it is, anytime the church tries to correct itself in an area that needs correction, sometimes it goes too far. Bye, see you guys later. I'm correcting it. I'm correcting it. I'm driving the camera guys crazy. Okay, but, but you went too far. And then anytime we try to correct something, one of the things is, is when we've tried to correct this issue of, um, and, and I kind of agree, you know, that there was sometimes a church, you know, especially 150, 200 years ago, that's where the term hell, fire, and brimstone preaching comes from. And, and the church over time developed into a very hard and rigidness and there's the love of God. You better not love God. Your God doesn't love you, you little sinner, you little, you little, Man, he's going to punch you. The lightning bolts from heaven are going to come. And the, the most popular sermon in our nation for many years centers in the hands of an angry God. And Jonathan Edwards would say, you're just like a spider that God holds over the flame. And he, but he, it was a great sermon at Spark Revival. We need that. But to correct some of that and to bring back in some of God's love and some of God's grace, you gotta, you gotta, Jesus balanced it full of grace and full of truth. The only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. When the Word became flesh and the, and the Word dwelt among us, we behold the glory of the Father, the full of grace and truth. And so it corrects itself. Okay, we gotta talk about God's love and grace because God did. Long-suffering, gentle, kind, will not relent, turn back to me. But in correcting it, they went too much far the other way. And only talk about the love and the grace. Don't worry. And it's almost like permission to live in sin. And so now we see a very carnal church in America because of that. They've lost the fear of the Lord. Do a survey. A lot of the major churches will not talk about those difficult things. 
and it will draw more people. Now, there are some great churches. I'm not saying that. There's, God wants churches all sizes. But the church has overcorrected itself and gotten away from the fear of the Lord. And then he goes on to say, the, lie, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. God is watching you. Isn't that incredible? God is watching you. And I was reminded as I was studying this of the Scripture, I didn't have time to look it up, that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro, fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to Him. The eyes of the Lord go through to, throughout the whole earth to look for those who are loyal to Him? That's incredible. But be careful. The enemy goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So, as I've said before, I'll say it again. It begs the question, who finds you? Who finds you? Either the enemy or God. So many people think, oh no, I'll just walk down the middle here. No, you won't. Because if you're not pursuing God, mm, you're an easy target. Watching and waiting and listening. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and His ears are open to their cry. God hears their cry. Oh! Are you seeing the picture here? He resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Uh, those who do not fear Him. Those who are mocking others. Those who are just angry and arrogant. They've got an I call an attitude. It says here, His ears are open to their cry. One thing I know is God hears the cries of His children. You hear the cries of yours? You've heard me explain this before, haven't you? Where, where you know, you know the soft, the little eh, whimpery cry. Yeah, let them go. To, they just don't want to take a nap. But then the cry, like something is wrong, and you rush to that. You rush to that. I'm the softy in my house, though. They'll put the baby or the three-year-old now down for a nap. I'm like, I'm putting earplugs in because I, I, can't, I can't handle Daddy! Daddy! Oh, please! I don't want... I go, you know, I go, listen, I, if I, I would pay $100 if mom would put me down for a nap. You don't, you don't know how good you... Correct? What would... If I... Every day, every day from 12 to 2, if I could get a nap, my goodness, don't you know? This is incredible. Why are you crying? Man. And then today she wants me to put the dog in her crib. And then she wants me to read a story to her. And then she wants me to, you know, come back in and sit down. Go, Dad, you lay on the bed. You lay on the floor. Well, I'll take a nap. Well, but see, how much more God? How much more God? I just told uh, my friend today, you'll see it come out, Todd Coconado on the podcast is going to come out on the radio or different things. But we talked about this whole area of, I believe, I truly believe that the nation, that what is, what is, what is holding back God's full wrath is God's remnant praying and contending for the nation. I truly believe that. There's lots of scriptures to support it. Abram, if there's 50, if there's 45, if there's 30, 35, I'll, I'll spare the land for that remnant. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a remnant. And if the remnant would hold the land, if, if, if Ezekiel, I'm seek, I'm seeking for a man who will intercede and then I will not destroy the land. Isaiah, go and tell the people if they turn back to me, even a small portion, if they turn back to me, I will relent the harm I was going to cause it. 
And so I'm confident God hears. That's a praying church. That's a, all throughout the United States, there's incredible churches and God hears the cries of those children because they are fulfilling the promises in the Bible that God says, if you seek me with all of your heart, if you come undiluted in your heart and you repent and, and there's no ulterior motives and you're truly wanting to hear me, I will hear your cry. Life might not go like you want it to go, but I will hear your cry. I mean, I, I don't want to get into a little, little bit of this, but I mean, I just, ah, man, it just made my day when Musk bought Twitter. <laughs> I'm telling you. Thousands of views now on Twitter I get, and people sharing. It's like, oh, oh, let's see what's going on. I mean, they actually fact-checked the White House this week. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Man. It's incredible. I mean... He might turn out to be a bad guy later, but I just, isn't it? I mean, God, there, there's some humor in there. There's some humor in there. You read all the news, oh, the, 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 the blue states and the Dems are going to win it again. And this and that, you see, whoa, there might be a red wave. But remember, that's not the hope. The hope is only the crimson blood of Jesus Christ. And the church needs to say broken and humble. And it breaks my heart, like with Fetterman and things. I don't, I, I feel really bad for him and our prayer. I mean, I've just, feel bad for where they're at you know emotionally and physically and spiritually but god gives us glimmers of hope in these areas i mean i don't know if you know how totalitarian it was getting with with social media and i think americans are starting to really wake up the problem is big tech big pharma big corporations are often against god and god's people and that's the war you're seeing right now but when God gives us a glimmer, I mean, to have Kanye West, I mean, he, I don't know where he's at exactly. He's got, he says some questionable things and hopefully he reaches out. We can, we can speak truth to him. But I mean, you get, you get, you get, you know, he, he lost two billion dollars. Two billion dollars by saying what he said. And he's still holding the line. And you have these people that are coming, uh, uh, I think it's Tulse from Hawaii. I don't know her Tulsi Gamut or something. There we go, Tulsi Gamut. And just, I mean, she's like going on, she's just nailing the agenda that's really going on. You see, I'm like, ah, God, thank you very much. You know, because there, you want to be justified a little bit. You want to be, and I, I'm not going to alarm you with the, the, the statistics on the CDCs and the mask and all the things that are finally coming out that we've been, we've been hoodwinked. And God is beginning, He's revealing things, but anytime God is working, so is the enemy. And so although it might get difficult and challenging from time to, oh, that's where everybody's getting up. Okay. Like. It's not that funny. You didn't, yeah, you didn't say, I'm like, what did I say in my notes? Wow. God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in need. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and He saves such as a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. And sometimes you'll see me up front texting on my phone. I don't know if you ever see that. I'm not texting. God is downloading stuff into my heart to share with you the following day. During worship last night, I kid you not, I had to write some of these things down. I want to put that screen up. When heaven comes to my rescue, here 
here's who God is. Here's what we need to leave with this thought. He is the shepherd of the shattered. He's the fixer of the fractured. He's the counselor for the confused. He's the healer of the injured. He's the deliverer of the wounded. He is the governor of the guilty. He will give you a pardon. He is the rebuilder of the broken. He is the defender of the damaged. He is the rock for the worried. He is the rest for the wearied soul. He is the Lord of the lost and the savior of the sinner. That is the God you worship tonight. And be encouraged. I will make it to the end. And so will you if you can just hold on to the face of Christ. Hold on. Grab his face and never let go. Never let go to the hem of his garment. And Christ will see you through.